Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, it was our fault. We made a mistake. Spotter said it was clear. I wasn't clear, and, you know, I, I didn't want to tear my car up, tear his car up either. I respect everybody, and I demand respect. And, you know, I apologized to the guy when he came over the car, explained to him what happened, and then he took it to another level when he started calling me an idiot and whatever else. And I don't appreciate that. I'm not going to take it. I told him how I feel. I called him out. He didn't show. You know, and so, you know, I'm good with it. He's good with it, but I'm not going to be disrespected by no means. Yeah, I guess uh, I had a dinner date at Applebee's last night that I didn't find out until it was too late. It's a shame we love their riblets and boneless wings, but... Uh... Not yet. Now we're recording. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> well, you should probably be able to see it on the screen. Hey, hey, folks! We've been we've been sitting here at Applebee's for a while. And we just got to our table, uh, so welcome. Yeah, you're uh, late. Yeah, you're you're late. Someone's yeah, late. You're well, late. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> press record. You, the listener. Um, yeah, uh, it's 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 your anxiety filled NASCAR podcast. You missed you missed all the anxiety discussion, but let's just say Ashley and I are already nervous about our next couple weeks of racing trips. Yeah, y'all got a but lot of traffic ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> question about that between Darlington and North Wilkesboro being in the middle of fucking nowhere. Darlington's pretty chill though. I'll say that. Like it's uh, my parents live a little over an hour from the track, so uh, it's it's actually a pretty straight shot. And we've never waited more than like 15 minutes to actually sit and park. We usually get there plenty of time. It's yeah. half hour to get out of there. I think it's just kind of assumed that if you're going to a NASCAR race, you got to build in at least an hour on either side. I mean, way more see, on the front end, but yeah. like, see, that's what I thought growing up because my first handful of races were New Hampshire and Pocono and like hours of waiting and like weird routes and shit to get to where we parked. Whereas when I started going back to racing at Daytona and it was in and out 20 minutes. Yeah, Cause it's and not on a two lane road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little yeah. Two -lane road. Um, but yeah, Wilkes Wilkesboro is gonna be a nightmare, and and uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm already <laughs> stressed. Already. Brian's about to have. It's gonna one be worth it though. It's gonna be worth it. One of the best weekends of his life, and he's gonna throw it away, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Worrying about it. So. It's just it's just three days straight for you. You are, you are right though. It is gonna suck ass, but. Uh. It'll be fine. We'll make some friends in traffic. We'll make some friends on the shuttle bus from the parking lot. Yeah. Oh, I drive a stick, great. too, so I can't wait to sit in traffic for two hours. Hell it's going to yeah. be fucking awesome. I think the worst traffic will be probably on the shuttle bus. I also think people are probably making a little bit bigger of a deal out of this. I know it was a nightmare for the cars race previously when they reopened the track and brought Modifieds back and all yeah. that. They've had but a year they've since had a year then. to think about it, and... Honestly, like, it can't be any worse than getting out of Stafford after SRX that first year. Uh, I had a buddy who paid for parking, like, just on the outside of the track, and he left, like, ten minutes early. And he called me from the highway and stayed on the phone with me for, like, an hour and a half just to taunt me, purely to taunt me as I sat in traffic <laughs> <laughs> trying to get out of that place, so... But hey, that's, that's, that's the deal, though, you know? It buys you a couple extra beers or some time to sober up or, you know, you can oh, get the grill the, going. And it kind of is what it is, you know? The worst as a female is getting stuck in post-race traffic with a bladder full of beer. Mm -hmm. And there's just nowhere to go. Yeah, that's... Yeah, you're not, you're not Gatorade bottle ready, I don't guess. Well, I guess no. Some, some some people probably are. Some girls. They have apparatus. No, not that. it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't keep those in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, so, yeah, we, already, we already talked about Kansas uh, before the show started. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> we talked about Kansas. We talked about talked Rob's about trip up to Mahananonic track, whatever the fuck. That track. Yeah, I'll give you the cliff note version. I went up to Mahananonic this weekend for the Duel with the Dog 200. Mahananonic, New Hampshire. What is it? Ah, fuck. I can't remember the name of the town in New Hampshire. Uh, but it's it's right across the mass border. Uh, absolutely beautiful place. Little quarter mile. Racing was awesome. Uh, Doug Kobe absolutely spanked the shit out of everybody. Uh, complete ass whooping. And Tommy Baldwin getting yet another win in that 7NY. And I'm pretty sure they're just like last year. They're probably going to be up front for the entire year. And Kobe's definitely the... Uh, the uh, championship favorite and uh, honestly like uh, if he's not part of the next 25 drivers to make the nascar 100 i'm gonna be fucking pissed whenever that comes around because he's actually i would say he's qualified enough to make this current 75 um for all the accomplishments he has but uh, yeah go to monadnock you have a chance if you guys ever make it up here we gotta go it's a little hole in the ground in the middle of the woods it's fucking awesome it's sick yeah i definitely it looks cool it looks like uh yeah new hampshire's um uh, Bowman Gray, almost a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I thought too when you were sending us stuff. Yeah, a little high, higher banks because oh, I guess there aren't banks at Bowman Gray, and the people don't beat the shit out of each other too much. No, there there was some beating and banging. It was it was entertaining as hell, but yeah, night, great little short track. Drunk. They just exactly. get publicly drunk and pass out in front of their moms. And you can, and I and I, and I, and I did. <laughs> No, I, I saw a guy uh, definitely alcohol poison himself off Mick Ultra, and his mom was very disappointed as he was. It was laying very early in the day. It was, yeah, it was still in the heat. <laughs> yeah, now that you mentioned it, yeah, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I feel like. But yeah, that was a great event. If you got Flow uh, Racing, or I guess probably on YouTube by now, or whatever they show it on NBC, just watch that race uh, again. Uh, not a lot of crazy action like we saw at Kansas. It's just not the style of racing, but still a compelling race nonetheless. And the Modified Tour continues to put out uh, some of the best racing you can see. And by the way, all across New England and the Northeast, there was a lot of racing this weekend and a lot of modified racing at that. Waterford Speed Bowl opened up. Um, I think Mahoning Valley also had uh, some modifieds happening. Uh, Lee Speedway opened up. All of them had pretty decent car counts and full stands. So racing is yeah, alive up here in New England. It was fucking awesome to see. And oh, I think we got 50 cars for the Spring Sizzler happen next weekend, which this is probably the fourth time I've mentioned that race on this show since it keeps getting rained out. <laughs> <laughs> next weekend it's happening, and I won't be able to go. So I, yeah, man, Kansas though. Let's let's just. I guess we have to talk let's about it. Let's just talk about this again. <laughs> That was awesome. That was the best race of the year. No question. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah, Kansas has been one of, has become one of my favorite tracks over the past few years, and, and it's definitely. And I, after after the first time we spoke about it, I went and looked. It's about a, it's about a twelve hour drive from here, which means mm -hmm. I would much rather fly than drive. Yeah, def especially def definitely driving flying. Th through fucking Indiana and Oklahoma. Yeah, no thanks. I'm no. gonna I'm gonna fly for sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely am interested in going there in the fall for sure. I'm gonna start looking into that. All oh, right. Yeah. Well, the three of us will meet up at the Applebee's in Kansas City because all three yeah. of us want to go on so. the Kansas side, not the Missouri side. No, yeah, no, fuck that. We're going Plus, to Kansas. <laughs> I gotta see how far away St. Louis. Uh, Rob, you might probably know how far is Kansas for Kansas City from St. Louis. Uh, that's like three or four hours, I think. Something like that. Fuck. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to make a, a detour to the Bigfoot shop, but I guess I'm not I'm not driving. It's a big yeah, it's six it, hours. Missouri is deceivingly big, 
Um, it's kind of on the other side of the state. But, hey, Gateway is right there, too. So I guess you couldn't – those races don't happen close enough together to really make it a thing out of it. But, yeah, St. Louis is – it's on the other side, and it's – I don't know. Maybe Kenny Wallace will put you up or something. You can stop by and stay on his couch. <laughs> oh, please do that. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if it would be awesome. Herm, it'd be something. It'd be, be a story. Can I stay house? <laughs> Herman. Y'all can go tornado chasing together. That's what they do. I want to hang out with his friend that doesn't say anything and just get shit faced with him. <laughs> Peanut, whatever the hell the guy yeah. is. Peanut. You, was, you could be He him. looks like a peanut. Kenny. Can I stay at your place? But I know you're probably going to say no. Can I stay at Peanut's place? Yeah. And the answer is, we're not sure. So, <laughs> only one way to find out. But yeah, um, Denny Hamlin wins. Uh, no one seems to care because uh, everyone's talking well. about Noah <laughs> ordering up some watermelon and getting served it promptly. <laughs> oh, God. He did. Now, I, it's, I have thought about this over the last 24 hours because... Ashley and I are... I've thought about it a lot, too, Brian. We are on very opposite (laughs) ends of the spectrum, and I just want to be careful with... Complete opposite. Because funny enough, this is actually kind of how Ashley and I met years ago. Like, uh, she she had posted something on her feed about hating Brad Keselowski, and at the time, (laughs) he was my favorite driver. Now, folks... Here's your tip for getting in DMs with with race fans. Don't don't try to gatekeep them and ask them what they know about racing. Ask them why they're shitting on your favorite driver, and maybe you'll get a conversation started. Um, Good advice. Yeah, we, Here we, we are, are, all these years yeah. later. Listeners? Yeah. We are. <laughs> Ashley and I could not be uh, feeling any more differently about who... I wouldn't say who won this fight, but I guess... Like, well, Ross won the fight. There's no argument there. The but, fucking uh, security guard yeah. won the fight. <laughs> he gets the assist. <laughs> um... It was something, uh, you know. I, I think it's my take from from all this is, uh, you know, Noah is a young hothead who clearly has has you know a terrible haircut, has a terrible haircut, and has has, has pulled some moves in his day uh, that really would piss some people off. Um, yeah. And I think I think he probably saw this as his moment to like, well, nobody else is gonna say it, and he was egged on by supposedly egged on by chasing some other people, and this is his time to get more spotlight. You know, he already got so much spotlight with his goofy ass haircut the week before. Well, now now I can whoop Ross's ass. Well, it turns out that's not how it worked. Not how not how it, it panned out for old Noah. I'm I'm not a fighter, and I was saying this to you guys after it happened. I'm not a fighter by any means, but if you grab my shirt, it's fucking on. Like that and is that is warn, a, and, and you, you warn a guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You grab somebody's collar like that. Uh, I'm sorry. That is that is you asking, mm-hmm. not just to see the menu, but like I don't need to see the menu. I know what I want to order, and he received his meal quickly. <laughs> Well, and that was oh, a good hit too. You can hear that shit. Yeah, this is a quick little jab. It just happened to connect. Oh. The way I saw it was Noah grabbed Ross's suit, and Ross repeatedly asked him to, you know, stop yes. or "Are you ready?" Just to give himself enough time for the security guard to conveniently come up to his rescue because he knew the second he got that punch in that the security guard was right there to jump in before Noah could get his haymaker in. See, folks, how different our analysis are of this situation. Also, Ross was holding down 
Noah's right arm the whole time. Yeah, that's too. a fight tactic. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it is, yeah. but... He should have pulled his jersey over his head if he could. That would have been total hockey shit. But mm -hmm. That's not how fire suits work. No, I, I, I'm just I, disappointed that like, both drivers didn't at least get one swing in before the security steps in. Well, Noah had his yeah, arm mean, all the way pulled back to Mexico. <laughs> it was yeah. completely behind yeah. him. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can admit, I mean, Noah's got a few inches and a few pounds on him, and, and it, it could have it turned out bad for Ross had the fight continued, but I also think Ross probably knows what he's doing a little I don't bit. Know, so, man. I man. Uh, I wouldn't put it. Ross is a farm boy, and, like, watermelons are heavy, and you got to toss them shits up into the truck out of the patch. You know, I'm sure he's yeah. got a few years of that under his belt, and, you know, he doesn't like to talk to people, so that's, that's something. There's a lot going on in that head that doesn't get... <laughs> out you know yeah so i feel like if you put him in the wrong spot like like noah did uh, i don't think he waited i don't think it was calculated like that it happened pretty quickly mm -hmm. um you know the little fight counter in my head seemed right you know ross gave him a couple chances and you know that was that and i think ross was ready to go i think he was but yeah security stepped in and, well, and denied us Ross was ready to go because he comes to the track every week knowing he's a piece of shit and that one day <laughs> someone is going to finally have enough of it and step up to him. Still, so. But I don't think they're going to now. Still I, I the really points don't. leader. Yeah, still mm. the points leader. And he showed everybody that if you fuck with him, it ain't going to turn out well for you. So yeah. I, I feel like that's going to be the only time this season you're going to see it happen like that off track at least. I don't yeah, know. so. And also, like, one more one more thing I just got to say about Noah. Again, like, I, I understand he's frustrated, but this is also an extension of what happened at Talladega when they, yeah, when they wrecked. And yeah. that was also Noah's fault. So I don't really understand, like, you know, or it was mostly Noah's fault, in my opinion. He came down mm -hmm. on a late block, and that was that, you know. So yeah. I, I don't think that Ross is really the bad guy that uh, he's not blameless by any means. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but, like, I don't it think he, you know. And even 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 the move he move he pulled at Kansas really wasn't that egregious. I mean, I, it, as a Ross fan, it I can say he's done some shitty things and he's deserved some of the criticism he's gotten. But what he did to Noah was not fight worthy in my eyes. I get the feeling there might be some more that happened as well that didn't really make it on camera. But uh, I don't know. It's you know I, I kind of agree with you. I think Noah kind of sees this as his moment. He's angry. I'm not going to waste this, and I'm going to go up there and you know. I think someone will eventually get fed up with Ross again and come after him, but this time they know to swing first before there's no talking needed. Just go in swinging. Yeah, exactly. Ross, is, Ross already knows that, though. He's already going to be on the defense. So Maybe the only fine. one who can defeat Ross is himself. Well, if he wants to punch himself in the face, I'd love to see that, too. <laughs> Ross finally wrecks himself and he fights yeah. himself. Yeah. <laughs> Give me fucking something. Well, I, I, coming Still out of this leader. weekend, there's one thing that we can all agree on is that uh, NASCAR was really victorious on Sunday because they were up against uh, F1 in Miami. Mm -hmm. And uh, while we, you know, well, Rob's the only one on the show that actually watches F1 and follows it to any level. Uh, yep. None of us watched it. And why would you? I mean, you had the best cup race of the season that was uh, full of drama, full of great action. Uh, you had the fight after the race. Um, I don't know what the hell happened at F1. One, uh, I do know that the internet told me that it was insanely overpriced. Uh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos were there, and uh, you know we got a really <laughs> goofy soundtrack song, and it just you know NASCAR won in the ratings, uh, which uh, you know harkens me back to my wrestling pro wrestling days of you know like 
AEW and WWE ratings wars. Well, yep. F1 versus NASCAR. NASCAR very cleanly won, even though there were more technically younger people watching F1, which is yeah. to be expected, I think, when your race is more or less uh, just a dramatized TV show at this point. Yeah, and I feel like the ratings are going to eventually level off for F1 as well. Uh, and, you know, from what I can tell, it was compelling enough. Again, the, the broadcast team does a good enough job of conveying strategy, which I think that the NASCAR broadcast team could actually take a couple notes from. Granted, strategy is a lot different in Formula One in some ways, but in other ways it's not. It's short pitting. It's, you know, getting your car in the best, best position uh, to gain time later in a run, you know, shit like that. The same thing we always see. And the F1, or the Sky broadcast in particular, which is what gets fed into ESPN, um, they do a great job of portraying that, even though they do tend to be a little bit biased towards the British drivers because they're a UK broadcast team. But... Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, who fucking cares? I don't know. Like, it's just, (laughs) so as a Formula One fan, and I'll keep this brief because I don't want to rant about Formula One again on a show that no one really gives a fuck about it on, but I have similar issues with Formula One that I have with NASCAR in the direction that it's sort of going, sort of stepping out of its roots and forsaking its roots just to kind of chase the shiny new audience, you know? And we all saw what happened when NASCAR tried to do that in the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. and, you know, everything dies, right? Nothing stays at its peak forever. There is a decline at some point. So, mm-hmm. and that happened with NASCAR with the chase and a bunch of other changes, and, you know, a lot of fans are, you know, despite the racing being pretty good at Kansas and, you know, and Dover and a couple other races this year, a lot of people are kind of turned off by what's happening at, at the highest level of the sport right now, and I think you're going to see, you are seeing a lot of the same shit from current and old-school F1 fans. We're moving away from these classic European tracks and going to places that are not. They're shitty, you know, like designed around DRS zones and, you know, these stupid little, like, like chicane sections that really just, I guess they're probably designed to help with the ERS system and the brake and energy recovery and all that. And they just don't produce racing like a place like Monza or Spa, you know, two places that might actually lose their positioning on the calendar at some point. But anyway, to, to close this rant, like... It's all temporary. You know, they've hit on something right now, and the broadcast team does a great job of portraying it, but now is how do you retain people? And I don't think you retain people from coming to the live event in particular by having, you know, $400 uh, Tres Leches cake on your concessions. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a bad, that's a bad call. Yeah, I mean... Uh... There's an argument that's made about, you know, the price of exclusivity and when you have all these celebrities showing up and and it gets eyes on the product and, well, these people are going, you know, I should be there. But it's like the average fan can't really afford it. Um, When you go there, especially like those street courses, you can't see shit. Um, It's not a good experience. No, it's it's really not. And it's it's why it's like I... NASCAR Chicago is it's destined to fail because as a longtime fan, I don't want to go to that. Like, not just cost. It's just I know it's not going to be a good race. I know I'm not going to be able to see anything. And I know having to drive to Chicago is a nightmare. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good that NASCAR is only going to be doing one race like this. And I hope it's just a one and done and they learn from this and move on. And mm-hmm. maybe this isn't an area we want to expand in. I mean, it hasn't happened yet. Who knows? Maybe we could be wrong about this and it's a great weekend, but I just don't feel like it's going to be. And if it's anything like these F1 races, it's guaranteed to be a yeah. Well, it's like when you present something so exclusive, at some point you get tired of hearing that you're not supposed to be here. 
Yeah. And you're not yeah. going to be a part of it. Whereas yeah. I've never felt that at, I mean, people complain about ticket prices for NASCAR, but I mean, let's be honest, like I can go to Loudon for the entire weekend plus camping um, for about 250 I would say the cost yeah. of a watermelon salad for four at F1. Yeah, <laughs> which you can bring your own goddamn watermelon. And you bring your own fucking watermelon and you smash on your own, you know? Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, you it's, can it's, pour booze in that watermelon. Yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want at NASCAR, <laughs> aside from bring glass in. So, yeah. Um, and I, and I, I got to be honest, like, I, I'm getting really tired of people shitting on Formula One and trying to call it not a sport because it definitely is. It is the pinnacle of motorsport in this world as far as technology is concerned yeah it's not the best thing you can watch but as far as like the technological end of things you can't beat formula one i'm sorry it is what it is yeah uh, they are all, all these teams are building custom cars and doing incredible things you know and there's you know hundreds of people for each to design each car and make it this fucking freak of nature you know there's a lot of technology that's going to run off from formula one that's going to end up in your car at some day but you know, rob but it, they can put all this time and effort and engineering into these cars. Why can't they make them race better? It's the same problem NASCAR is having right now. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. It's 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 just, you know. And I don't know if I'm smart enough to have that, you know, discussion beyond what I've already said. But like, yeah. It's it, it's just it kind of is what it is. Like it's about it's entertainment for us. You know, it's a competition for them, and we enjoy watching it. We don't have any skin in the game other than having something to drink beer to, really. You know, and it is deeper mm-hmm. than that. But it's just inaccessible, and I think at some point, that's going. Once the lure, allure of the television show kind of wears off, and once people realize that, oh, this is what happens all 17 weekends of the year, or 22, or how many races there are now, they're gonna stop watching. And especially when the fucking Japanese and Asian portion of the season comes up, and you gotta stay up till 2:30 in the morning to watch it. <laughs> Let's see how much of a fucking Formula One fan you are then. Yeah. I feel like I woke something up in you, Rob. You really needed to defend F1 on the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, it is what it is. I do love Formula One, but I just I don't like what's uh, I don't like what I see now. I'm just tired of it, you know. We have officially talked more about F1 in this episode than Kansas. Well, uh, in George the Russell's a pussy, though, isn't complaining about standing out in his fire suit. Fuck that guy. Oh it, it, it is the second attempt. We talked a little bit more about NASCAR in our first attempt. Yeah. It's okay. But yeah, I mean, hell, speak, let's go back to NASCAR. We're entering a, a series of great <laughs> races right now, right? Mm-hmm. We got yeah. Darlington coming up. We all know how that place races. We got Wilkesboro, old surfaces, you know, and that's the kind of the thing where like, tire wear was a big deal in Kansas, and I think it's, it's always a big deal in Darlington. So I think we're going to see something special coming up uh, next two weekends. Yeah, right now they're calling for 90 temperatures uh, on Sunday, so it's going to be a hot one. So track will be slick, cars will be all over the place. Um, I'm excited. I'll be floating around the pits all day on Saturday, uh, thanks to my buddy Harris hooking it up again. So I'll be mm-hmm. cruising around with seeing all the sights, and Sunday I'll be there with my folks. So check my social media. You can find me floating around somewhere that weekend. So when you're at Darlington, are you going to go for the $300 steamed buns or the $450 <laughs> Florida stone crab cake? You know, I guess I guess we'll have to see what my stomach tells me when I'm there. I know I know. usually the last couple of years I've gotten the alcoholic ice cream. Um, 
Bo oh, yeah. Darlington used to be a Bojangles track, so that was always nice. I love like, getting to go to Bojangles every time I go to South Carolina. They don't have that anymore there. Now they're a cookout track. And uh, sorry, uh, Carolinians, cookouts trash. What? I said it. <laughs> Think that place is trash. Um, huh. But uh, the food's there. Food there is okay. I'm gonna try to find. Um, the weirdest specialty they have on the menu at the track and see how that goes. Hell yeah. I think it's funny when tracks have like fast food sponsorship and there's actually one of those like restaurants located. Wasn't there a Taco Bell at Martinsville at some point? What? I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, I heard that there seems a like a weird thing to do with the hot dogs. Like, uh, uh, yeah. I think, I know. think like in the late, the late nineties and early aughts, there was a little Taco Bell stall there. I think I saw it somewhere. So I might be lying to you guys in the audience here, but uh, I'm pretty sure that was the case. But interesting, interesting. Well, now I'm gonna have to do some research about that because, yeah. yeah. Well, um, your stomach's already fucked up from the two dollar Martinsville hot dogs. What's the little Taco Bell gonna do? Yeah, yeah. What's worse for you, eight Martinsville yeah. hot dogs or a couple of uh, crunch wraps? You tell me. <laughs> Just mix it all in there. <laughs> it all goes to the same place. Exactly. It's all over the floor of wherever <laughs> you're staying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to how to how to move on from that one, but I, I guess it's time to talk about the DARF of the week, and there were plenty of DARFs uh, this past weekend because everybody oh. had something to say about what was going on in the track. And uh, Rob, as always, has a couple great uh, examples of that. Yeah, us. this guy revealed himself about 25 minutes after the race was over, and I told everybody, he was like, we should just record now because it's not going to get any better than this. I'm not going to find anything dumber than this. And it was, uh, I was on Instagram. It was in, uh, I forget which network posted it, but it was sort of a recap of Denny Hamlin taking the win from Kyle Larson. Uh, which, let's be honest, I, I can't remember if we talked about this uh, when we weren't recording or when we did record, but... When we weren't recording. It's a, it's a racing deal. <laughs> I'm a Kyle Larson fan, and I got angry and threw my hat when it happened, but hey, you know, Larson got loose and Denny didn't lift. It is what it is. Would have happened the same way if they reversed it. Yeah. And I think most people kind of feel that way. Yeah. It's just lap, lap, except for, last slap. Except for Mr. Davis Seed on Instagram, who... <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck this is really about. But he says, Cry baby Denny got rewarded for his woke racist attitude. <laughs> Seems like NASCAR is just trying to destroy NASCAR. Somebody needs to take him to the woodshed and teach him a lesson. <laughs> and then True Love actually, from a different comment section, I think, found uh -huh. a follow-up saying, NASCAR should find Denny and he should sit out the rest of the season. And for what, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> Race so, manipulation. Yeah. So what do y'all think? Is is hiring Bubba Wallace uh, woke and racist? <laughs> um, is that what we're talking is about? Is that what? He, I I, I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't We really should have DM'd this man to yeah. Yeah. further so, inquire. Davis, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Is it, is it racist because he wrecked the only Asian driver in the field? Mm, that could be. Hmm. I don't know. Well, yeah, but uh, <laughs> does Larson's past racism uh, weigh, you know, kind of even the slate there? How does that right, happen? yeah. Com Cancels each other out. This is complex discussions for a different podcast. <laughs> uh, on but a if, you have a, if you have a racist opinion, be sure to message Brian directly and tell him about it. At Speedway Screens. Uh, on, a, on a similar uh, tip, uh, I'm trying to find it in the shitposting group right now, but there was a woman on Twitter that uh, 
you know. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> she she was she was uh, she reached out to CNN saying that uh, <laughs> Noah and Ross were being too violent and this is ruining the sport. And, what? Uh, yeah, like like she she thought she they went all the way to CNN. Yeah, she was tweeting <laughs> CNN about it. So all the way up to the top of the chain, which CNN's not doing so good right now. So it was probably pretty easy to get a hold of them. Yeah, yeah I kind of felt bad for that lady because it seemed like there's uh, either it was like top tier shit posting, or it was somebody who really just needs a therapist. So I'll, I'll give her a free pass. But uh, Davis, uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to sentence you to uh, reading uh, a people's history of the United States as your punishment for being dark for the week. If any of our listeners, if this Davis guy is your racist uncle, please let us know. Well, Denny's the racist, but... No. Again, I'm still trying to do the math on that one. Maybe he knows something we don't. Yeah, I'm still confused. That's dark for the week. They're all idiots. Um... (laughs) All of them. All, all well, of them. Let's, let's go back to Darlington. You guys, well, Brian's going. True love, you're not going, right? No. And this is, in my opinion, uh, unfortunately, the throwback weekend. I feel like the Southern 500, if you're going to put it on there. Or the All-Star Race. Yeah, I feel like North Wilkesboro should have been the throwback week for this year. But, you know, whatever. That's just me being biased. We're still doing it on Mother's Day, though, for some reason. Yeah. The Father's Day this year is an off weekend, but we're still racing on Mother's Day. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, as, as a non-dad, I wish there was racing happening. Even yeah. if I was mm-hmm. a dad, I would wish there was Even racing. Even if I was a mom. Shit. Well, at least yeah. there's something to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, going to Darlington, I guess we got to talk about the throwback schemes. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, from what I've seen so far, it seems like I've, I've noticed a lot of Harvick and Childress-related schemes, which makes sense. I mean, a lot of people want to pay tribute to them. Um, yep. I think Tommy Joe Martins and Alpha Prime, uh, they have three different Childress-themed cars, which all look really good. Um, they yep. even got uh, CRC, which is Richard, one of Richard's early sponsors, uh, on... Uh, yeah, I forget I mean, who, oh, it's Sage Karam's car. Um, it looks perfect. It looks exactly like uh, Richard's. I, I would to, argue so. that the Xfinity cars, the paint schemes in general, but particularly the throwbacks, look a little bit better on them because the body style is a little closer to what we used to see. It's yeah. A little bit more yeah. The, and the hoods don't have the louvers and all that, so it's a little bit and more. And the number easier. placement, all that stuff. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, I feel like Xfinity cars have kind of come out on top the last couple years. I, yeah, I think that's, you know, you can't argue against that. Um, but in Cup, I mean, there are a couple decent ones, obviously. Chase Elliott's was good. Um, there's two different Dale Jarrett UPS schemes. Uh, uh, one yes. is one is great, uh, and it's actually got UPS on it, and that would be Ross. Yeah. And then one is absolute dog shit. Um, it is another awful, awful scheme by uh, Ricky Stenhouse's team, and this one features uh, Country Croc uh, Margarine uh, as yeah. the sponsor on there, and just looks like a big turd. So <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they slapped a picture of a grilled cheese sandwich on the side of it for some reason. Yeah, they were saying it in tribute to Dale Jarrett, and I just don't. <laughs> What did he do? Like Why do they hate him so much? <laughs> yeah. Smear shit on the wall of a flying J or something at some point yeah. in his life, and that's I mean, what it's in tribute to. Like horrible. There Ugh. was a country croc car at one point in NASCAR. Why didn't they just do that scheme? It's a good question. 
Yeah, I don't know. Great question. But it just um, looks like AI designs those cars. So Some of them, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Penske, uh, I don't know what Cindric has, but you have uh, Joey Logano with the throwback um, shell scheme. Looks wonderful. Beautiful. Looks great. Back to the 70s AMC cars. And then yeah. you've also got... Um, Ryan Blaney paying tribute to his dad, but his car basically just looks like it always does. Uh, yeah. It's a very subtle design, and it didn't, they didn't use the right colors to match his old vibrant sprint car, so it just looks like his car looks like every week. Still Sorry, got that Ryan. Menards green. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. bummer. Yeah. Uh, any, what else, though? Who, what are your favorites? What are your least favorites? What, what have we not mentioned yet? Um, I re- well, we already talked about Chase's, but that's obviously my favorite. Um, I like Bowman's car. Brian, you said you had a comment about that, but you never told me what it was. Uh, Bowman's car was good. I, I, I don't like how they do the yellow numbers, um, which I think that's what they're doing with this. It just doesn't work. Uh, I have the com- gold. The, his numbers are gold. Oh, well, still, I, I don't think it really. It just doesn't fit. That's it, not what the original Valvoline scheme looked like. Uh, I actually have a comment about William Byron's car, and this is a bit of a hot take, but it is what it is. I don't like that chrome illusion paint scheme. Uh, I never thought that car looked good. I don't think that paint scheme is, I don't think that paint is good looking. I think it's very cheesy and goofy. Um, It's something that like hot rod guys and custom car guys use it because it can color change, but I don't think it actually is visually appealing. I understand, you know, paying tribute to Gordon and the throwback scheme and all that. It is what it is. If you like it, great. But um, I just think it's not, not well, for me. Never this, this race is being run during the day, right? Uh, it, 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 uh, There's a transition. I, I can't remember. I think it's it's going to be done before the sun goes down, not unlike the Southern 500. Yeah, it, it, it ends, I think, like 6, 7. So, I mean, yeah, it's not super late. Those type of paints don't really look like much of anything unless they're under the lights, in my opinion. Yeah. There's a lot of modifieds that utilize that type of paint up here, and it only looks good once the sun goes down and the track lights are on. Yeah. And then it's something to behold, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have wasted this color. Yeah, I mean, going on this one, going back to what Ashley said. Yeah, I mean, it makes way more sense um, for that to have been run at Wilkesboro the following weekend. You know, um, especially you know? since I think yeah. Gordon was the last winner at Wilkesboro, wasn't he? Am was. I imagining that? Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I don't know. Beats me. That's is what it is. Yeah, I don't think I have a favorite really. I'm kind of I'm not over the whole throwback thing. It just doesn't really. You know. It just feels like it's fizzling out, or no one like tries as hard. I don't know. There's not as much excitement around it I just, as when it first started up. I just yeah. don't think they can really look good with where the numbers are placed on the cars, and that's yeah. not like a boomer anger kind of comment. Like, I just don't think you can recreate that shit with where the number is because yeah. it's too much and space all, on the door now. You know, all the good schemes have been like used up so many times over the years, and well, there's, done there's, over and over. When you say, I mean good that means more iconic and well-known there's plenty of good paint schemes that weren't successful or were only run once or twice or sure. you know limited Correct. amount it's more just like you know are the teams going to get involved are the sponsors going to get involved yeah. and are the designers going to you know actually do the research like yeah somebody like harris or ryan williams like those guys are going to go back and they're going to find the cool shit and you know you look at everything that ryan's right. done it at jrm and it's yeah serious. they always so have like the best um, I just remembered, though, maybe the most egregious paint scheme of the entire weekend, and it belongs to Kevin Harvick. 
Now, <laughs> this is Kevin is running a Sunny D car, which he never ran, and this car is supposedly in to pay tribute to the AOL car that was supposed to be his debut car, and he ended up not but driving he for obvious also reasons. Also, never ran. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but it looks obviously it looks nothing like it. You can it's the only thing that even kind of throws back to the scheme is is like. I don't, I don't know the technical term for it, but I mean, like, the layout of the car. Like, where the yeah. colors and where, like, the swoops and stuff are. Like, yeah, it kind of matches that AOL car, but yeah. it looks nothing else like it's, it. Yeah, it's I not the right colors. For all the fucking cars you could have run, why that one? Well, like, Harvard Kevin, is running yeah. the 29 at North Wilkesboro. So he's saving yeah. his throwback for the for the, the big show, and in my opinion. everyone else is running all the schemes, so he's like, fuck... Yeah, that's I'm out yeah. of schemes. Yeah, I'm gonna to have do? to do this one that I never did. Yeah. <laughs> so we have everyone else to blame for this. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta say Bowman's my favorite. I guess uh, it doesn't look a whole lot like the Haviland scheme, but I do like what it yeah, looks any, like. Yeah, anytime cool. that color combo is used, like I don't know, I just it, oh, it's that, so beautiful. No, I, when I said I liked Bowman's scheme, I meant I liked his cup car scheme. I hate. No, not no. Fuck, I'm fucking it all up. I actually don't like Bowman's scheme because it is a throwback to a throwback. Like I don't like that at all. See, I don't like that either. But I like the colors and I like that it's. It just looks nice. It looks yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Can't we just enjoy something nice? Yeah. It... No. No. <laughs> Please. No. For the Listen, love of God. As 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 this podcast's number one Yates fan, um, I have to say that I, I, I don't I don't like it, and I like Alex Bowman, and I understand why he's doing it, but I don't like it. You know what? And you're going to sit in traffic, him. and you're going to enjoy that paint scheme, Brian. <laughs> enjoy it after the fact, because uh, there yeah. won't be any traffic. Thing, so. I will say the, the one Xfinity scheme, I made a note, that I don't like Matt Mills, mm. who we've talked about on this show before, is doing a Herbie the love bug scheme and I those have been done throughout the years and I never understand why the fuck people pick out of all the things to throw back to fucking Herbie the love bug yeah I don't know well, that, that car irks the, me for some reason they'll have that thing smashed up into the size of a VW bug by the time the race is all said and done so That's perhaps true. it's appropriate wasn't there wasn't there a movie where he, Herbie got smashed that make that up? I don't know. I didn't ever watch happen? those movies. It didn't happen all. I know there was a Herbie that uh, NASCAR went to one. a NASCAR race. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna have to sit down as a family and watch that together. Mm-hmm. Her- fully loaded, right? Yeah, I think that's it. That's Fuck got yeah. Lindsay Lohan. In it, so it's, you know, uh, well, something. I don't know if I should talk about this on the show. Never mind. <laughs> You're gonna. Have to well, now you have to. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just go ahead and say it. Several years ago, many years ago, I was on Tinder <laughs> in Charlotte mm-hmm. while visiting Charlotte, and I matched with Matt Mills. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think you told me that. Yeah, I've heard this yeah. Story, yeah. and he uh, invited me over to Netflix and chill, and I denied him, and he blocked me. Yeah, he had that Herbie. We could have watched Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> love he had Herbie all pulled up, ready to go, and. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, I don't know. So that has to end the segment. There's nothing else to say after that. You know, Herbie was able to avoid Rex pretty good. If I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. 
um, so this week, folks, we're going to kind of, uh, for the video of the week, we're going to step back in time a little bit to, um, I guess, the beginning of this podcast when we first watched ESPN Speed Week. And we're going to watch the uh, later iteration of that show. It kind of became RPM Tonight and it became a weekly uh, show on ESPN2. Um, this episode, uh, by the time you're listening to it, actually came out on May 10th, uh, 1997. Um, normally, this is a show that's hosted by John Kernan, who was an ESPN reporter uh, way back when. Uh, but this this particular episode was filled in by Kenny Main, who is a regular Sports Center uh, broadcaster, and definitely brings a lot of that Sports Center vibe to it with constant jokes throughout everything he talks about on the show which you know some people love some people get annoyed by but it at least brings something a little different to the table i suppose if that's your thing it's yeah it's very espn too i had kind of forgotten about uh how espn 2 was back in those days and mm-hmm. this is a perfect example i didn't realize it was the 26th anniversary if you're listening to this today's the 26th anniversary of this airing originally so that that is part of why i i picked this episode because uh just a date <laughs> basically i was i was i wanted to find something from may and it was like well this is going to come out on the exact day so we have to do this one um plus technically i mean you know rob you're the indie guy when does uh poll week start it hasn't started yet has it no that's um a couple weekends from now poll day is sunday the 21st or 20th or something like that so we got a few days but uh okay. yeah month of may used to go a lot longer and uh, there's yeah Man, I remember this being the year, uh, of course, Ari Leyendijk, um is heavily featured in this one because he's kind of the only star the IRL has at this point besides Tony Stewart. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was the first year of them switching to normally aspirated engines, and they were so fucking slow. Like, coming is off it? of 1996, where the pole speed was 236 or something like that, it was the record up until Scott Dixon broke it last year. To I think pole was like 217 or 218 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I remember being so pissed off as a child that you know people going like 209 out there and shit like that and still making the show like it's like the 80s again. Fuck that. It's kind of like how uh, cup cars are now. Uh, you know, with 185 miles an hour at Talladega. It's you know, the like, same easy. damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Talladega, that race is featured on here. Yep. Which you know much different times uh this was actually a delayed uh talladega race it should have happened two weeks prior but uh it was a complete washout which again 2023 they'd be running that on tuesday if they had to um but Mm. they decided to just roll it back to the week after sonoma because i guess they had an off week then at least in the cup series so that was interesting too because i didn't remember that even though i definitely was watching at this point um you know, I don't know, uh, real quick before we get back into the rest of the show, like, were you guys RPM Tonight watchers? Were you guys as excited about it as I was when it debuted? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I loved the show growing up. And, and it, I liked that it tied everything together. Yeah, I mean, there is so much racing that's talked about in the half hour here. It's it's pretty wild. Ashley, I'm assuming you were also a watcher uh, as well. I, I'm sure that it was on, but I have a terrible memory, so... It is a but I, this was like during my peak, like twelve-year-old NASCAR fandom. So same here. Um, so yeah, uh, it was a you know Talladega race. They go through that. Uh, Mark Martin wins his second race in a row, which was cool. Um, let's see here. At uh, one point, Kenny Main calls Sterling Marlin the king of restrictor racing, which I, you know, he only had a couple wins then, but I 
Just because he won two Daytonas in a row, I wouldn't have called yeah, him. Yeah, that kind of caught me off yeah. guard, too. Yeah. I do think, and, and Ashley, we got to get your feedback on this, because as I've watched old races, uh, I always am taken aback by the attire that the NASCAR wives wear. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know how old, uh, I think Arlene's her name, uh, Arlene Martin uh-huh. was, um, but she looked like she was, like, 58. I know she wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What do you think, Ashley? Give us give us a rundown on your thoughts as the only woman on the show here. I don't want to I don't want to sound sexist or anything here. Yeah, I can't recall exactly what she was wearing, but yeah, those NASCAR ha- wives then they just look like moms that like what your mom would wear picking you up from she was, after school. She was wearing like a like a business suit type thing. It seemed like was it? Yeah, she had know. a jacket on and and it was big gold earrings. It was. Yeah, it just didn't look like she was dressed for a race, that's for sure. Yeah, just just look, look like your average mom. Yeah. Compared um, to uh, the Whitney Dillons and uh, Samantha Bushes of today. And, you know, Kyle Larson's wife doing shotguns after wins and stuff. Like, yeah. Mar- Arlene wasn't doing that, that's for sure. Well, that we know of anyway. <laughs> um, now we head back to Indy, and this... this show kind of bounces back and forth a handful of times uh, both with the Talladega race and Indy uh, coverage is all over the place um, but they go to Indy first uh, with a live interview uh, with pole winner Ari Leyendike who is very confident going into the, the weekend um, Marlo Klain who is the announcer or the pit reporter at Indy she asks Ari uh, about other cars that were struggling all week and uh, Ari was fast and Ari just straight up calls other teams sandbaggers more or less he's like we're not here to sandbag like if we're fast we're going to be fast um to paraphrase what he said so i thought that was interesting um uh now you know, rob i'm oh, sorry no, i was just gonna because they were talking about the indie pole winner gets 100 grand and a free van yeah. Do they still give that out today? I don't know if they're <laughs> to handing, the pole winner. Uh, pole winner does get some money. I don't know if they're handing out Ford Windstars like they were back in well, those days. <laughs> they should. They should be handing out 1997 Ford Windstars. <laughs> I would like to, one. This year's Actually, pole didn't winner. those blow up like the airbags would pop off randomly and shit? <laughs> it's not a good time for Fords. The only the couple notes I have from this first little section is uh, they show a clip of rookie Jeff Ward, who Jeff, for those who don't know who he was, um, he started out as a very successful motocross racer in the 80s and 90s for Kawasaki. And he's probably the only motocross racer that made a successful racing to uh, or successful jump to auto racing and when i say auto racing i mean obviously any sort of car um you know carmichael pastrana rick johnson there are a handful of others that tried it uh jeff was the only one to actually win uh, he did end up winning i don't i don't know if it was one or two races in the irl but he did end up winning and this was his first uh, indy 500 uh, and the other note i have is there was a three hour gap in the first couple qualifying runs and the ones after that i guess teams just didn't know didn't want to go out first like nobody wanted to be the next guy to go out on the track for whatever reason which is wild to think about like how strict time and everything goes with most races now you know cars have to be on track at a certain time and you're allotted x amount of time on the track and here at indy it's like you don't want to be on the track you don't have to be yeah that's one of my favorite things about qualifying back in these days it was uh very much you know 
at your own leisure. <laughs> you know, you want to go out and take a four lap run, great. You know, but this with the way the bump system works and everything, you know, you really do have to time it out. And if you put a bad time down and you find yourself at the bottom of the line and it rains, you could miss the show. So there's an element of that sort of strategy uh, going into picking when you go out. Um, so, yeah, it's... But again, this period of the IRL was kind of fucked up. Uh, 35 cars ended up starting this race, not to get too outside of the, the video, because uh, the IRL um, fucked up majorly mm-hmm. with um, the way they allowed cars to be in the race. A couple of cars that were very fast uh, did not make the field. So they just stuck Len St. James and whoever else at the back of the field, and they ran 35 cars this year, um, all of them going about 205 miles an hour. So again, just... Not a good year for for Indy, in my opinion. And not to mention the fact, uh, there was a weird finish, too. Um, You know, looking at the notes, uh, there was a... Tony Stewart got got wrecked uh, the next-to-last lap. They threw a caution. Pace car never came out, and then all of a sudden it was a green-white checkered? Or just a... They threw threw the green when the white flag came out, and nobody was ready. Yeah, it was very strange. Um, And Ari ended up... You know, winning the race, which he probably would have won anyways. To be yeah, honest, but. Th- this was sort of the beginning uh, of the USAC uh, IndyCar divorce a little bit. Mm-hmm. There were a few of the things that happened, and eventually USAC lost their uh, sanction. This actually might have been the thing that broke the camel's back, but uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Nah. But yeah, not a good time for IndyCar racing, <laughs> at yeah. least the IRL anyway. Um, next up, uh, because this was an, supposed to be an off weekend for the Cup Series. Uh, Trucks were in the Seattle area. I forget which track they were at in Washington, but they were racing. Evergreen. Evergreen. Okay, there we go. Um, Kenny accidentally calls the truck's cars a couple times and gets all flustered. Um, the only other note I had was there was an NHL truck, an NHL sponsored truck that caught fire, and Kenny made a Cheech and Chong joke, and then at one point he made a Zamboni joke because there was some sort of thing on the track that looked like a Zamboni and Greg Biffle won that race which I didn't I guess I didn't realize Rich Bickle Rich, Rich Bickle I wrote Biffle in my phone <laughs> what a fucking asshole um, yeah Rich Bickle who's, who's uh, been featured on this show previously so whoever that uh-huh. dark of the week was yeah think yeah. about that shit yeah how was, many truck races have you won it was the second straight one in a row too yeah so um, so that was that, and then from there we're up in New Hampshire again. Um, yep. There was a, just a, I guess it had to be a standalone event. Maybe I don't know if mods or anything else ran with them. That I weekend. think they did. Yeah, it's usually a weekend where um, the Bush Series and the mods and Bush North would all run together. Mm-hmm. Um, that was won by Michael Mike McLaughlin. Um, Magic shoes. After, yep, after a great battle with another Northeasterner, Steve Park. Um, from there, there's like little blips of like the starting lineup. Um, for some fucking race. I don't know. They just show random shit on the screen once in a while. It's very... Like, I forgot watching this back, like, how how much they would bounce between stuff. What They didn't do all the coverage of one motorsport and then move on to the next. It was like, oh, we have, like, three extra minutes. I guess we'll go back and show this Terry Labonte interview that we didn't get a chance to show. Yeah. That's, that's what happens on this show. It's 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 odd. Definitely a um, couple shots of Ari Leyendyke uh, putting his sunglasses on in slow motion randomly throughout the show. Which, uh, <laughs> that's something. <laughs> yep. Um, there's a quick uh, recap of NHRA. I forget where they ran. Um, only note I have is the quip that Kenny made. Uh, the funny cars are up next there. Hysterical. Uh, so there's another <laughs> Sports Center moment for you. Um, there's Ooh. a Monaco Grand Prix uh, 
qualifying report. Uh, I guess at this point, uh, Jacques Villeneuve was pretty hot because he was on a streak of poles, and this was the first first race in a while he wasn't on the pole. Um, it was his rookie year, if I remember correctly. And that's, didn't he? He won Indy the year prior, didn't he? Or was it '95? He won in '95. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, he was. He, you know, he dominated Indy and then went over to F1. And I forget, was he actually successful in F1? He won the championship, and um, he was at Williams for a couple years. and was pretty fast, but he also kind of caught Williams in their decline. Yeah. So they switched from the Rothman sponsorship, and uh, some, I can't remember exactly what happened, but they started to drop off, and I think he went to BMW or something like that when they came into the sport. There was a few different teams he went to, but uh, once he left Williams, it was just not the same. They when, As they're running down the starting positions of all these drivers, and they do this with Indy as well, um, Everybody's times and speeds are up on the screen. Uh, and this really harkens back to a time before the internet was really a thing. I mean, 97, the internet existed, obviously, but uh, it wasn't in everybody's homes like it was, yeah, it was uh, now. Noisy to use, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, shit, my, my parents wouldn't even get a computer till after Y2K. Like, I straight up did not have oh, a computer wow. in our household <laughs> until 2000. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how a lot of viewers got their information was from newspapers and shows like this so you really at least back then they were a lot more uh stringent about getting that data up on the screen um now again back to how weird this show can be uh they're back to indie qualifying interviews but right after qualifying uh wrapped up that day um, we see another interview with Ari. There's an interview with Scott Goodyear. Uh, there's a baby Tony Stewart. He pops up on the screen. Um, you know, just just neat little throwback stuff. Uh, you know, again, if for, for those who weren't watching back then or just don't remember, uh, it's nice. If you don't want to go back and watch, like, a full race, it's good to try to find shows like this or, like, Inside Winston Cup Racing. There are plenty of different race recap shows on YouTube. Um, a lot of them, you know, you can go and search by date. If you want a nice little burst of nostalgia instead of sitting through three hours of racing, um, like I do from time to time, um, you know, RPM Tonight episode's worth checking out. It's also a nice jumping-off point to kind of figure out um, what to watch next, you know, yeah. and what to get into. Sorry, Trula, you were about to say something? Well, I was just wondering, They, I think they mentioned something about a dentist qualifying yes, for Yes, Dr. The Jack Miller, the racing dentist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's real. Just making sure I heard that correctly. Tell, tell me more about him. <laughs> you got, you've heard of Dr. Jack Miller, the racing dentist? I'm sure I probably heard that back then, but not. I don't. Doesn't ring any bells now. He was a literal dentist who. Um, just too much money, or? He used to, yeah, he just spent a lot of money uh, being the IRL, yeah. and he had both careers, and he was able to sort of leverage his position, and he was okay. He wasn't like a, a great driver by any means, but, you know, I mean, who really was in the IRL? You know? stick to root canals. Yeah. <laughs> but he um, he had a few years there, and I don't think he ever really had any big results, but uh, there's actually a really good interview with him on racer.com if you just look for Jack Miller. I, I want to say it was either Marshall Pruitt. I don't think it was with um, Robin Miller. But uh, one of the one of the guys from Racer did a nice little sit down with him, and he kind of goes over his career. And I used to shit on the guy and like really disrespect him because he wasn't good. But after hearing his story, it's like, all right, you know, give the guy a fucking break. He raced in the Indy 500. It was his childhood dream. And yeah, I mean, come on, it, so well, that's cool. Hard to hate on. And that crest yeah. car is fucking hot looking. It's yeah. a nice paint job. 
Listen, if any of us had a job that allowed us the financial means to race, we all would. Oh, I yeah. mean, come on. Right. No question. Yeah. There's no question about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then from there, that's pretty much, you know, the gist of the show. Um, I think I, I think it was the next night there was going to be an interview with Martha Nemechek, who, you know, I think John, John passed away. Yeah, John passed away earlier that year. Especially um, in the middle of a show where it's all jokes, and then there's just this mm-hmm. woman who just lost her son. Weeping, yeah. Weeping, yeah. yeah. And then again, right after, there's a little Terry Labonte clip that they just had for 30 <laughs> yeah. seconds to show. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Um, but this is a fun little watch. We're trying to keep it shorter this week, probably the next couple weeks too, because again, uh, it's a very busy week, a uh, mm-hmm. couple weeks for myself and Ashley. Again, we're I'm going to Darlington this weekend. We're both going to Wilkesboro, and then she's going to the 600. So it's a very busy month of racing. Um, so I don't know how much time any of us are going to be spending on YouTube, but I'll, I'll, I'll still yeah. dig up some, some cool clips for you. I'm not even sure if I'll be on the show next week because I will literally be at the racetrack when we typically record on oh, Tuesdays. you got to get so. on the phone, buddy. 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes while I'm watching Chase Elliott qualify as late model. Yeah, late-breaking news, folks. Yeah, which will not be late-breaking once you hear this tomorrow. No. Mm-hmm. But seconds before we get on here, I found out Chase Elliott is running the ASA Stars race on Tuesday night with Eric Jones. So that'll be fucking cool. It's fun to watch them guys duke it out in super late models. So that's, I'm, I'm stoked to get to see that. Yeah, I haven't gotten to see him run a late model race yet. It's something I've been wanting. So, I believe Chase Elliott was actually the last guy to win at North but Wilkes. Well, that's not true because they ran it earlier. But before they reopened the track, wasn't he the last guy to win? You want a, a cars tour race or a pass race or something like that? When they ran, like, briefly no in idea. 2011 or something like that? I mean, that's news to, to me, but Google actually, that. you should know this. <laughs> I don't have his stats memorized. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> well, well, well. I drank too much in my 20s. I don't remember anything ever. You're twice. <laughs> oh, God. Never mind. Never mind. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that wraps up the show this week, folks. Um, you know, as always, you can follow us at uh, meet me at DeBees on Twitter and meet me at Applebee's on Instagram uh, check our link tree for uh, all of our YouTube playlists and where you can find the rest of us on sh- social media and all that good stuff uh, I'm Speedway Screens on all the things uh, SpeedwayTSJ.Etsy.com is the store the next couple weekends while I'm out of town there will be a sale running so uh, if you want to take advantage of that and give me some gas and beer money i'd really appreciate that uh how about y'all you can tweet you can give us your plugs now <laughs> tweet me your plugs tweet, um, tweet me your plugs yeah <laughs> uh yeah snake mountain underscore true love on instagram i'm sure i'll be posting lots of shit from north wilkesboro next week so man on the ground when, when there's internet service which there's not really at north wilkesboro but hey, your phones didn't work out there before there were people out there no. <laughs> No. And you can find me, Rob Motes underscore unofficial. I really don't post on the internet at all. Uh, <laughs> my band is called These Wild Plains, and we don't really post on the internet at all right now either. <laughs> but soon, as every band says, uh, and I will be um, not doing as much as these guys, but I will be in New Mexico. I'm going to go see The Cure next week, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Put my little goth makeup on and, you know, <laughs> hang out with everybody there. And uh, I'm going to probably check out Sandia Speedway for a nice night of B-Mod racing. Just put myself through hell. Uh, but I want to support our lo- local dirt track out in Albuquerque. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. Nice. 
Cool. So yeah, we'll be all over the place, all over the country. International. And next so, yeah. week you'll be able to hear all about IndyCar because it's about to start, motherfuckers. Uh, well, I'm happening. glad I'm not going to be on the episode next week. <laughs> Toe speeds and no toe speeds and boost and fucking yeah, it's gonna be great, folks. Can't wait for you. <laughs> we just lost half our listener fan base. Yeah, we lost about an hour ago, I think. So. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, thanks again for joining us at Applebee's, and we will talk to you next week. Yes. See ya.